Niemann Hao, honoured listeners, and welcome back to Party in China. This is episode one of series two. I'm your narrator, protagonist, and usually the victim of the jokes, Party Parslow. At this stage of my story, I've been in Sichuan for over six months and am constantly bored-wilded. That's when you're both bored and bewildered. I made it up. Bored-wilded. Feel free to use it yourselves. I think it's going to catch on. After the spring break, my Friday afternoons became weird. Rather than teaching an English lesson, it felt more like I was on an inappropriate date with a teenage girl. But first, why was the spring break in February? Nowhere on this planet is it spring in February. In Sydney, it's still summer. In Sichuan, it's still bloody freezing. There's no sign of budding blooms, no new leaves on the trees, just white paint on the bottom meter or more of the trunk. I don't know what that was about either. The internet says it's to protect the trunk from sunlight, but there was precious little sunlight, believe me. In fact, the lack of sunshine affected my health. When I returned to Australia, I was diagnosed with a vitamin D deficiency. I've also developed some sort of photo allergy. Strong sunshine now makes me sneeze. And that's pretty inconvenient because we have a lot of strong sunshine in Australia. But we don't paint our trees white. Before spring break, the senior internationals had been my favourite class. 12 students about 16 or 17 years old in their final year at the school, preparing to go and study overseas. When school restarted, 11 of the 12 had gone. Somewhere international, I suppose. So from 3.15 to around 6pm every Friday, I was alone with one teenage girl. Just for added awkwardness, I'd also forgotten her name. Or perhaps I'd never been sure of it anyway. See, the special international girls were Sylvia, Maggie, Zoe and Zera. And I'd confused the last two almost immediately. And now I couldn't ask her, as I'd already been her teacher for five months, and obviously I should know her name by now. Zoe or Zera spoke so quietly that to even hope to hear what she said, I had to lean to within kissing distance. Well, that made her blush, and her blushing made me embarrassed, so I tried to keep my distance and read her lips. An unsuccessful tactic leading to very confusing conversations. That was usually when I gave up and put a movie on. Casablanca was her favourite. Of course, the two of us sitting there alone watching a movie didn't feel awkward at all. Zera or Zoe was interested in Europe, so each week I prepared a presentation on a particular country. Maps, photos of scenery, people, landmarks, some history, culture, you know. As this practice perilously resembled actually working, I made the most of it by treating my other senior classes to the same presentation during the following week, as not one single student, apart from Zoe or Zera, ever evinced any interest in Europe at all, I always felt like I was boring them with a slideshow called What I Did on My Holiday. I mean, it could have been worse. I could have shown them pictures of my dinner on Facebook. Listen, stop photographing your food, people. It's a weird form of gloating. My meal's better than your meal. Nah, 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 nah. No one cares what you eat. The week after Zera or Zoe and I had been on a virtual tour of Ireland when I was recycling the lesson plan for one of the senior classes, I was trying to explain why the United Kingdom extended into the top right bit of the Emerald Isle, 
God knows I've never understood it. But that led me to Protestants and Catholics, which led me to Henry VIII and the Reformation, and then on to his six wives, only four of which I could remember, so the last two became Princess Kylie of Minogue and her sister Danny. And then on to the two religions opposing views on transubstantiation. This led to a class that was either bored or confused or both and a double blackboard crammed with names and lists along with a maze of interconnecting lines and arrows. Henry VIII was on one side with all the other Protestant stuff, but the Pope was in the middle because he was in charge of everything before Henry did his DIY job on Christianity. Anytime anybody asked a question in class, I was delighted. They normally showed as much interest as garden gnomes, but I was absolutely thrilled when one girl put up her hand, pointed at the blackboard and asked, So, the Pope, is he a Catholic? Yes, I replied. And the bear, he shits in the woods. Thank you. You know, that may have been my best moment in China. Oh, Mr. Patty, Wong is here. You must come to my office immediately. By this stage, my Irish soul was rebelling against these summary summonses. I would often arc up and refuse to go. Mr Wong would then invoke a higher power, claiming that either his boss, Mr Liu, or sometimes even the almighty principal, needed to speak to me urgently. The fact that the principal was never, ever there, and that if Mr Liu was, he always looked surprised to see me, didn't change Mr Wong's strategy. So I tended to answer his questions about vocabulary, grammar or style with information which was less than completely accurate, perhaps slightly misleading, or just plain wrong, depending on how trivial the matter was and or how mischievous I was feeling. After a while, Mr Wong became suspicious and started double-checking my advice with Trevor, completely ruining my innocent fun. But after a long, cold spring break, I was so bored I went willingly when he rang and was rewarded by something interesting happening. Ooh. Uh, Mr. Putty, there is a journalist coming to interview you. Why? She is from local television. Okay. Why? She is very beautiful. Good honour. Why would a beautiful television journalist want to interview me? She will pay you. I'll do it. A serendipitous payday from this mysterious journalist would be most welcome, I thought. It might even let me travel to Chengdu to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Actually, I ended up not going, despite the unexpected funds. It's my only Paddy's Day before or since, which hasn't involved Guinness. Very, very sad. The journo was 20 minutes late, which gave me plenty of time to wonder why this interview was taking place, and if it would appear on DYTV, Diang's local station, or CCTV, China's national broadcaster, with a potential audience of over a billion viewers. Either way, I used the time to make up some answers about my Diang experience, which would actually go to air. I wanted to be polite. I also wanted to be paid. Mr Wong hadn't named a figure, I reckoned a couple of hundred for an hour's interview, but as long as I made enough for a dozen German beers at Winita's, I'd be satisfied. When the journo, a predictably pretty woman, showed up, she was accompanied by a bloke who I assumed was a cameraman, until I noticed he didn't have a camera, just a laptop. He was carrying a microphone, so maybe it was a radio interview. 
CCTV must have radio and internet divisions like all national broadcasters. He handed me the mic and she handed me five pages of closely typed statements and short conversations in English. It wasn't an interview, it was a voiceover job. So we started off. The police say the case is not solved yet. There are three pianos at my school. I believe the government should do something. My mother enjoys spicy food. Have you ever travelled to Egypt? <coughs> Then the phone rang, offending the sound guy who was monitoring me on the laptop. After a brief conversation, Mr Wong led us across the school to the auditorium. It was the first and only time I'd been in there. I sat on the small stage in front of thousands of empty seats while the journalist, who really seemed to be more of a producer, sat in the first row with the soundie. They gave me a thumbs up, so I started at the top again. The police say the case is not solved yet. There are three pianos at my school. I believe the government should do something. You get the idea. I fixed the grammar and spelling as I went. The only one that gave me trouble was, My cousin is very busy. You will have to wait... 14 minutes. It was the 14 that got to me. Why 14? Was it a typo? Should I change it to 15? Or was the cousin's schedule so precise that they can predict he'd only be free to chat in exactly 14 minutes? And why had he hired his cousin as a PA? And should we be, you know, rewarding such nepotism with publicity like this? Whatever the case, it took me about 14 times to say 14 minutes without laughing. It just took me four or five times this time. Then we hit the next problem. The short conversations, by definition, had more than one speaker, and sometimes they were women. But they told me to read them all anyway, so I did the men in my normal voice, well, my normal speaking to Chinese people voice, and the women in a near falsetto. After the first fake woman, I looked up for reaction and was greeted with wide smiles and silent applause. By which I mean they pretended to clap, but didn't actually hit their hands together. So that's how I continued. It was only afterwards that I remembered that the only female character I'd used to do on the radio was the Queen. One should have used the Queen for all the women, and given the project a bit of class, one should. There were also questions about what had been said in the previous conversation. To differentiate them from the man, I tried doing that deep-voiced guy in all the movie promos, but I couldn't get down deep enough. In a world where love is something hard to find, she loves to find something hard. Not sure which movie that comes from now, but they didn't like the voice anyway, so I merely resorted to a deeper tone. I was now using my full range. High voice, normal voice, and low voice. So they were certainly getting their money's worth. Most errors I corrected on the run, but one conversation made no sense at all. Who are you waiting for, Kate? I am waiting for nobody. I am waiting for the number seven bus. Here comes the bus. Bye. Where did Kate ask the man the question? So if the man was called Kate, he didn't ask the question. If I swapped the male and the female roles, Kate didn't ask the question. 
So I left it alone and just did the man as cranky as Basil Fawlty as a distraction. When I'd finished reading, I won't go so far as to say performing, all the random chats and statements I sat back awaiting further applause, but the lady climbed up on stage and turned over the last page of the script in front of me, revealing an introduction to be recorded and what all this was about anyway. The star of Outlook English Talent Competition. I suggested that the first part of the competition should be to come up with a title for the competition that made sense. They didn't get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2013 Star of Outlook English Talent Competition. Talk to the world. Share our dreams. Blah, 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 blah. Turns out that it's a national contest for school kids to speak English, and I was to be the announcer of the Diang Heats, from which the winners would progress to the Sichuan semi-finals and possibly on the big night in Beijing. That intro was my final task of the day. The journo slash producer told me I was very good, and I made her laugh by replying that I was mama hoo-hoo. So, so. It's my favourite Chinese word. Something about saying horse, horse, tiger, tiger just pleased me immensely. She then pleased me immensely by handing over an envelope containing 500 yuan. As much in an hour as I'd earned in all of February. I made it clear that I'd be more than happy to repeat the exercise in the future and headed off to a class where the students were surprised and suspicious to see me coming in smiling. I was calculating how many German beers I'd now be able to purchase. For once, it was a good day. I'd had a lot of time to myself over the break and had pondered my situation carefully and had managed to rekindle my desire to really teach these kids some English, completely forgetting that abject failure made a much better story. So I walked into my extra special double class on Tuesday evening, determined to change things for the better. I started enthusiastically, telling them that they wouldn't believe all the things I'd done, all the places I'd been. I wrote long lists on the blackboard, all my jobs since I was a teenager, all my trips in Europe and America and Australasia. I threw in some exciting activities like parachuting, car racing, scuba diving and sailing. It felt really uncomfortable, you know, because it felt like I was boasting, but... I was just trying to get them to realise that I could be of immeasurable use to them. That took up the first period or more, and then I said, Use me. I'm your resource. I'm from the real world. I can tell you things your other teachers can't. I know things your parents never will. Ask me questions. Help me to help you. Help me help you. Help me help you. Silence. I'd brought along some fascinating photos from the internet. What I'll do is I'll put them up on the Bytes.com website if you want to see them. And put the first one up on the screen. Now look at this. These Russian villagers are seeing electricity for the first time. Think about that. What would your lives be like without electricity? Would you think it was magic? Magic, like from Harry Potter. 
Did your grandparents or your great-grandparents have electricity in their villages when they were your age? Can anybody tell me something that they do that doesn't need electricity? Silence. Okay, next photo. This man is the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. And this is his house. In his garden, someone has put a cross in the ground and set fire to it. That's a sign that these people don't like him. Just because his skin is dark. This little boy, that's his son. Now see how scared and upset he looks? Have you ever been that scared? Do you know any black people? Has anyone with coloured skin ever taught at this school? Silence. Here's another Afro-American. That's an American whose family started out in Africa. But this man is with his family in America and this is during the American Civil War. See how he's wearing a uniform? Now this is the only known photo of a former slave who fought with the North against the South so that he, and more importantly his children, would be free. What do you think of slavery? Can people own people? Can people buy people? Can people sell people? How would you feel if you were a slave? Silence. Does anybody have any questions at all about anything? Mr. Party, do you like Chinese food? <sighs> I went back to the photos. Ah, now, this is 1945. This mother and her daughter have just been released from a Nazi train because it was taking them to a concentration camp. I won't tell you all of these. <laughs> I've had several. I explained the situation, the context. Again, I asked for questions. Again, I had silence. Eventually, I gave up. I said, just ask me anything. Mr. Party, where's your wife? I don't mean ask me about my life. If you don't want to ask about the photos and you don't want to ask about the things I've written on the board, then ask me about your life, about things that might happen to you. What's it like at an Australian university? How can I get into an American college? How will I fit in with other foreign students overseas? Questions like that about you. Silence. But this time I wait them out. Eventually one girl puts up her hand. Mr. Puppy, how am I different to an Australian girl my age? Great, good question, thank you. How old are you? 15. 
you'd be pregnant. I turned and walked out knowing that the bell was about to go anyway and that they'd have to look up pregnant in their pocket dictionaries. The gasps of horror when they found it were most rewarding. <laughs> Coming up, my experiences as a judge at the Star of Outlook English language competition. You won't be surprised to hear that it didn't go well. That's next time on Party in China. I'm Party Parslow. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Party in China. For more, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.